so, so good to see you all here. Are you guys ready to get into the Word? Let's open our Bibles to Psalm 23. I'm going to talk about the Lord is our shepherd. I couldn't get that scripture out of my heart this morning and this afternoon, and we're just going to talk about how good our God is. Amen? So Psalm 23 and 1, when you're there, just say amen. If you're still looking, just say, wait a second. Mm, Okay, let's go for it. (laughs) Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And we all say amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word tonight, Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, that you brought us here for a purpose and for a reason, that you ordered our steps here tonight. And God, I just praise you that you are a good God to us, God. Thank you even, Lord, for those that served in armed forces, God. We just speak a blessing over them and those that serve and continue to serve and that used to serve. We thank God for them, Jesus. And we thank you, Lord God, that you allowed us to live in the best nation in the world. We give you praise and glory. In Jesus' name, we all agree and say amen. Amen. So the Lord is my shepherd. Tell, tell the neighbor, your neighbor that the Lord is my shepherd. And look at your other neighbor and tell them, that means you must be a sheep. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's what I'm going to talk about tonight, the Lord being our shepherd. Of course, you all know that David wrote the book of Psalm 23. Um, David was a, a, a man of God that was ignored by his family and overlooked, but he was a shepherd. And a shepherd, being a shepherd is not a glamorous job. Can I get an amen? Just being a farmer, period. I mean, out there taking care of sheep, tending to sheep. What a boring job. There's no one to talk to. I'm probably there's no there's no signal for your cell phone out in the pasture, right? So it's really just kind of a at at a by yourself type of job. But David was the one that was in the sheepfold. In fact, 1 Samuel 16:11 says this, just to give you some history. 1 Samuel 16:11 says, "And Samuel said to Jesse, are all the young men here? Now understand that a prophet went to Jesse's house to find the next king. And you guys know the story. All the big, bold, buff sons came out, right? The ones with the muscles and the abs and that looked good. They were all there standing in the room. And, of course, the prophet said, wait, this is not the one. Is there anybody else? So that's what is happening here. Samuel said to Jesse, are all the young men here? Then he said, this, there remains yet the youngest and he is keeping the sheep. Jesse says, oh yeah, forgot about that one, tending to the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him, for we will not sit down until he comes. So just giving you again a little bit of history, Psalm 78, 70 through 72 says this. This is God speaking now in the book of Psalm. He chose David his servant and took him from the sheepfolds. Verse 71, from following the ewes and the, that he had young brought to him, to the shepherd Jacob, his people, and Israel, his inheritance. Verse 72 says, so his shepherd, he shepherded them according to the integrity of his heart and guided them by the skillfulness of his hands. Talking about David. God went and chose a leader from the sheepfolds. Aren't you glad that God really doesn't look at where you were before he chooses you? You would think that he would say that he chose him from the college or the university or from the library, praise the Lord. 
But it says he chose him from the sheepfold. So just giving you a history of David and where he came from because there's a reason why God refers him to himself as a shepherd. And David had a shepherd's heart, okay? So 2 Samuel 7 and 8 says this. 2 Samuel 7 and 8 says, Now therefore, thus shall you say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the sheepfold, from following the sheep to be ruler over my people, over Israel. Again, giving you an example of how God chose a shepherd boy or to, to take care of his people. Now, a shepherd is one who watches over sheep. He protects, he guides, he shows great concern to the sheep and their well-being. A shepherd is a fighter, a leader, one who shows patience and concern, not just for individual sheep, but for his entire flock. A shepherd that is really a good shepherd doesn't have favorites in the, in the fold. Praise the Lord Jesus. Of course, this relationship is simply an allegory of our relationship between ourselves and God. That this, the Bible clearly explains that think of the shepherd relationship with the sheep. We are to be seen or we are to see God in the same manner. He's the example of what our relationship should look like. And we need to recognize that God is our shepherd, one who protects and guides and looks after us. So that's just a little bit of a foundation for us to realize that for you to say the Lord is my shepherd, you're saying that God, you're one that protects, you're one that guides, you're one that is leading me through life. That we're not saying, God, I'm going to run alongside with you. Come on. I'm not going to get ahead of you, God, because that's not the role of a sheep. Amen going to be good in a second, I promise. So listen, Jesus is the good shepherd. Do we all agree on that tonight? John 10, 14 says, I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and I'm known by my own, that God is a good shepherd. He's a good one that protects, that he guides, that he shows great concern to. He fights for us. He leads us, and he kind of hooks us when he needs to. Can I get an amen? He'll get us, and he'll pull us on back, right? He'll get his staff, the Bible says, and just kind of get you in line. Praise the Lord Jesus. If you're not feeling that hook sometimes, I wonder, are you allowing him to be your shepherd? Are you just kind of floating off on your own somewhere? Um, Ezekiel 34, 11 says that God is the true shepherd. It says, for thus says the Lord God, indeed, I myself will search for my sheep and seek them out. Isn't that a blessing to know that God, because it is a shepherd-sheep relationship, that if any of us go wandering off, our good God goes looking for us. Okay, I guess I'll say that's good for me because when I have wandered off, and I remember I do sometimes wander off, come on church, that God says, wait a minute, where's Kelly? Praise the Lord. Where's her mind? Where's her heart? Where's her thoughts? Where's her commitment? Come on, God does that to all of us. He wonders where you go when you wander off. And I'm not talking about in the physical, you guys. I'm talking about spiritually when we wander away. When God says, well, they used to pray to me every morning at 6.35 a.m., but it's been about four months. I don't know where they went. They're wondering where, God is wondering, where did they go? You used to read my word all the time. You used to sing songs to me, but you haven't sung to me in a long time. God is wondering where did they wander off to? You know, we all wander, people of God. We don't have to make it like we sin and we fell and we're just big old, you know, having wild parties and smoking weed and having sex with everybody. It didn't have to be that to wander off. It can be my heart is not the same. I'm not committed. I don't trust God like I used to. Come on. It's been a really rough year, and I just don't trust God like I used to. You are kind of wandering off, but thank God the Lord says, I indeed myself, I seek, I look, I try to figure out where are you. 
And that's a blessing. That's why if you're in that state right now or you have been in that state, you could be laying in your bed and you feel God messing with you. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You feel him, I mean, I'm not trying to be rude to our Lord, but you feel him kind of bothering you. He bothers you. Anybody ever been annoyed by the Lord? You know, you love him, but come on, let me sleep, Jesus. Come on, stop waking me up at 3.45 a.m. Come, you know what I mean? It's like, come on, it's like you, you don't want to be rude to him, but come on, God, I don't want to wake up and pray. But God is tapping on us and saying, listen, I miss you. I don't want you to wander off. Come back to me, he says. But in order, so for in order us, for us to receive the truth of the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, and all that goodness in that scripture, we have to realize that we are sheep. We have sheep-like characteristics. And I don't want to put us down or whatever it is, but listen, the Bible's clear. That's what he calls us. We're sheep. Yes, we're sons of God. And we are powerful and anointed. But when it comes down to the getting down, y'all, we're sheep. <laughs> all right? Matthew 9.36 talks about Jesus seeing the people. It says, Matthew 9.36, But when Jesus saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. That's how the Lord saw the people, which tells me that must be how God sees us sometimes. Just weary and scattered and just doing any old thing. He's like, my God, look at these sheep just wandering about, having no idea where they're going, right? And Jesus was moved with compassion. Aren't you glad that compassion kicked in for you when you were wandering around not knowing where you were going? That God saw you and not said, oh, I'm going to send them to hell. He said, oh, I feel sorry for them because they're grazing like sheep without a, a shepherd. They don't have any direction. They don't know where they're going. They don't have anybody to tell them who they are or whose they are. And Psalm 103, Psalm 100, verse 3 says, Know that the Lord, he is good. It is he who made us and not ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Praise the Lord God. Okay, I'm just giving a foundation. It's okay to be called a sheep. In fact, I want to be known as a sheep that has a shepherd and that I follow Jesus Christ, okay? So let's go into some characteristics of sheep, and I hope you're taking notes so we can all not help ourselves, but help our neighbor. We're going to help our neighbor. Praise the Lord. Number one, characteristics, characteristics of sheep. Number one, sheep are not smart. First characteristic of a sheep, they're not smart. Number two, they have bad eyesight and they have bad hearing. Praise the Lord. They can't see and they can't hear. The third thing, they're easily tricked by predators. The fourth characteristic, they're easily frightened, praise the Lord. And the fifth characteristic, they're easily confused. Number six, they cannot be driven but led. And number seven, they only respond to one voice, okay? That is actually the characteristics found in a natural sheep, an animal. But we're going to look at it in the spiritual because God calls us sheep. We should know our characteristics. And I really believe that sometimes when you understand who you are, you can better navigate through life and the relationship and how God can help you. I think if you say, okay, God, you call me a sheep. Let me learn what a sheep is. And then I can figure out why I do what I do. Okay. Biblical example, sheep are not smart. Number one, we're not smart. Joshua 1.8 says this. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate day and night, and you, that, excuse me, that you may observe to do according to all that is written, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. I'll read it again. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. Meaning that people of God, we can't just read the word one time or two times or three times or four times. We have to read it day and night. Because we're not smart without Jesus. 
We, we can't, I know some of us are very book smart, and you can figure out math problems, and you can figure out, you know, things really quick. But how many of you really remember what you learned in 12th grade history? How many of you really remember which, what that thesis was on a long time ago? Come on, we just get it to pass the class, right? But God is saying, no, I don't need you just to pass the class or pass the test. I need you to meditate on the word day and night. Don't ever think that you're smart enough that you've got it all together. Don't think that you don't need to review and read the word again. Don't think, oh, I know Psalm 23. No, no, God's word is living and breathing. There's always new things being revealed in the word all the time. The word is always expanding and growing. Don't try to see yourself smarter than we really are. We need to meditate the word of God says day and night, which tells me God's like, listen, I know I created you. I know I made you. But sometimes we can be a little slow and we've got to remember that God is for us, not against us. That no weapon formed against us shall prosper. That you can make it. You're the head, not the tail. Come on, the songs we sing are just reminding us of God's truth over and over and over again so we don't forget. How many times in the word of God does the word tell us, don't forget my benefits. Don't forget my benefits. Don't forget my benefits. Because we have a tendency to forget. And we go from our smart ways to kind of our dumb, silly ways without Jesus, okay? But we have to meditate on the word day and night. And it doesn't matter if you've read the Bible one time, ten times, a hundred times, a million times. We always are learning, right? Second characteristic of sheep is that they are easily tricked by predators. Hebrews 12, 1 through 11 says this. Hebrews 12 says 1 through 11, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us. I'm going to stop right there. The word says that the weight and the sin, of course, you know, sin is the product and weight is doing the things we should not do. Not necessarily sin, but things that hold us back from being all that we can be through Jesus. It says that it easily entangles us. It doesn't take much, people of God. It doesn't, take much for, it doesn't take much for us to get tripped up, upset. It could be someone had an attitude with you, and you're like, well, forget it. I'm just not going to try this Jesus thing out anymore because I'm being tricked by the enemy. And really, when you grow in Christ, you begin to learn what your triggers are. You, you, you should know what your triggers are. When, when, you're, when you're first born again, you're not really sure, and you just think, oh, maybe I'm just, my feelings get hurt easily. No, 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 you're easily offended. So the enemy will use somebody to come up and offend you, and there you are being easily entangled. Oh, of issues, it's not even a big deal. We, we can be tripped up by predators. Realize this, that yes, you're born again. Yes, you're a child of God, but there is an enemy that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he will do whatever he can. He'll sin whomever he can. He will allow things to be orchestrated by people in your life to pull you away from Jesus. And if you're one of those that keep on having problems with people over and over and over again, it could be because you're being easily tricked. And that one trip up makes you leave church, stop reading your words, stop studying, okay? So it's easily tricked. The third, the third characteristic, um, the sheep have bad eyesight and bad hearing. Ezekiel 12 and 2 says, Son of man, you dwell in the midst of a rebellious house, which has eyes to see but does not see, ears to hear but do not hear, for they are a rebellious house. Old Testament teaching, but if you're having trouble seeing in this, with your spiritual eye and hearing with your spiritual ear, it could be that maybe you're operating in a little bit of rebellion. You know, the word is hard to listen to when you're trying to do things your own way. And it's really hard to see things in the spirit when you're trying to see it in your own way. But listen to this truth. Proverbs 20 and 12 says, The hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord has made them both. 
Isn't that great how God covers everything? It says again, the hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord has made them both. In other words, if God has made them for you, use them in the way you're supposed to. Don't be blinded by lies and blinded by situations and blinded by circumstances. Open up your spiritual eye and say, God, I know this thing is here not to kill me. It's to test me or it's going to make me stronger in you. That if I'm going through something, don't, don't look at the circumstances as bad as they really are. Listen, the enemy loves to blow up situations and blow up circumstances. But if you take a step back and really look at it with the spiritual eye, you'll say, oh wait, I need to go through this because I need to pray more. I need to go to this because I need a closer relationship with you. God, I see what you're doing in my life. I hear you, Father, in the midst of chaos, I can still hear you. Uh, for the sheep being fearful, you all know this, 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given us the spirit of fear. So why, if that's true, why do we get so consumed with fear? Realize fear grips us not just because of uh, somebody coming to get us, not that fear. I'm talking about the fear of, of sowing, the fear of giving, the fear of loving people, the fear of telling God who you really are, the fear of confessing your faults one to another. Fear will come in to stop us. We are not to be fearful. Pastor says it all the time. We're to be bold and not timid and afraid, but we're to be bold. In fact, I love it. As you grow in Christ, you begin to have such a boldness that when you are faced with difficulties, it does not bother you. You don't tuck your tail and run. You say, okay, I see what you're doing because I can see now. I hear what God wants to do in my life because I can hear. I am going to fight the good fight of faith. I'm not going to back up and back down because I'm not going to be fearful. For God has not given me the spirit of fear. And the moment you begin to struggle with fear, please know it's not the Lord. It is the one who is defeated. The one that we should be standing on is trying to shake you at your core. But you have to say, devil, you are not going to get me this time. I will not be entangled and tricked and pulled away by fear. I have nothing to fear. Fear not, the word of God says. Fear not. So we're, we're going to fight against fearfulness. I'm being easily confused. 1 Corinthians 14, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. God is not the author of confusion. Anytime you're into a, a circumstance that is a confusing thing, please know God's not in that. And if you're confused in your mind, well, maybe I'll go. Maybe I won't. Maybe I should. Maybe I shouldn't. No, no, no. We're going to not live a confused life anymore in Jesus' name. Yeah, we, 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 we are sheep. We have a tendency to be confused, but we're not going to live our confused life because we trust in God. Confusion causes all sorts of problems. Have you ever met somebody that says, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to, I love this church. Not this church, but maybe a church they go to. I love it. It's awesome. It's great. And a week later, I'm not sure about that one. I'm going to try another one. And a week later, I don't know. I'm going to go to, and a week, I, I'm not. Do you realize that's a confused life? And not only are you confused, but now your whole family is confused because they all thought you were planted here, but then we're now we're planted there and planted everywhere and just everywhere and just confused and doesn't understand if they should do it or not. No, be firm. Stand strong, right? The sixth thing is sheep cannot be driven but, but led. Sheep cannot be driven but led. Driven, being driven is a controlling force pushing a passive subject. You realize God does not push us to do anything. I'm going to say that again. God does not push us. If God was pushing us, everybody would be saved. If God was pushing us, everybody would pray. If God was pushing us, there would be no battle because we're depending on God to push us. But we are actually as sheep, we are led. Meaning that it is a choice of the individual that God leads us. 
We are led. Romans 8, 14 says, for as many are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. We are led by the Spirit of God. That God will sometimes nudge you and lead you into doing something, not force you to do anything. That's why we as sheep, we kind of rebel against being pushed to do anything. I'm sure some of you come from ministries where the pastor would just push you and push you and push you and leave, live holy and, you know, why can't you do this? And just, you're not doing enough. You got to do more. You got to do more. You got to do more. Pushing, pushing, pushing. And a lot of times those churches don't flourish because now it's become a cult or a dictatorship. And our, our, you, you all know how that feels. We don't want to have to be forced to do anything. Praise the Lord. Our kids don't like to be forced to do anything. They like to be led. We as sheep like to be led. We'll give you the word. We'll feed you green grass. We pray to God you eat it and you're led. The Spirit of God will whisper in your ear to do something and you're led. You can ignore that voice and then he'll start annoying you again, right? <laughs> My favorite part of sheep, sheep hear one voice. John 10 and 5 says, yes, they will be by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him. For they do not know the voice of strangers. For they who sheep, sheep do not know voice of strangers. If you are really allowing your life to be a sheep, like a sheep, and he is the shepherd, you only know, the, you only hear the one voice. And they won't follow anyone else. That's why if someone comes to you with a strange doctrine, you're not quick to follow away. In fact, if you hear about a new religion, you might, be in, you, might, you might inquire what it's about, but you'll know right away, oh, no, 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 that's strange. I'm not going to follow a stranger. I know, I know what the word of God says, and that's against the word. There, there, there are not many paths to God. There's one way to Jesus Christ, one way to God through Jesus Christ. If you hear something other than that, it's strange, right? And I'm not going to follow that. I'm not going to follow it. And that, I will flee from that area the word of God says. John 10, 27 says, my sheep hear my voice. And I know them, and they follow me. And I'm going to park right here for a moment. My sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. Isn't that a beautiful truth that God is saying, wait, if they belong to me, they hear me. That that's why if any other voice is speaking in your life, a voice of failure, a voice of fear, a voice of condemnation, a voice of lack, a voice that you're never going to make it. And we all have voices in our head. Can I get an amen? We all, I'm going to say it again. We all have voices in our head. We have to decipher what voice is speaking. And let me tell you this, if it is contrary to the word of God, that is not God speaking to you. Because, and you should know the voice, and there should be no confusion. God will not tell you to hurt anyone or kill somebody or steal. Come on. Remember we talked about that, about prayer last week. God's not going to speak to you. He will speak truth and life, and he will speak blessings upon you, and he will speak encouraging words to you. And we as people of God need to know what voice is talking to us. And then it says that when that happens, that God knows us and we follow him. So here we are, sheep. Listen, um, sheep are not smart, but we are smart in the word of God because we will meditate on his word day and night. Can I get an amen? That we will not allow us to be ignorant even of the enemy's devices, right? Because we understand that God has given us power to fight the enemy. Um, we, when I have bad sight or bad hearing, because we know that God is going to allow us to see the spirit of the God. He's going to allow us to hear what the spirit is saying in our ears. Amen. That we are going to understand and know what God is speaking to us. That we're not going to be easily tricked by people anymore, by predators. That we are not going to be scared easily. We're not going to be confused. We're not going to be driven but led. And we're going to respond to the one voice of God. So the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Understand this scripture will not be in effect 
in your life unless you say, I'm a sheep, God, and you are my shepherd. And I think if you're struggling not seeing the beautiful Psalm 23 coming to pass, it could be because you're trying to run alongside of God, or you're trying to be ahead of God, or you're trying to stand away from God, or you're saying, God, I got this all figured out. No, no, no. It's a very vulnerable position to say, God, you are my shepherd, and I shall not want. Here's the promise. He makes me lay down in green pastures. Anybody had to be made lay down? You know, God will make you lay down. Can I get an amen? Now, we, we believe that sickness is of the enemy, right? But you know when God has been telling you over and over to take a break, rest, take a break, rest, God is saying, my God, I took, I took a break. I am God, and I took a day off. And God is whispering in that voice, take a break. He knows how to get our attention and make us lie down. <laughs> he makes us lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. As I was coming into church today praying, I was thinking about us here. And sometimes we, as people of God, are so in the grind of life that we're so in the struggle of life, that we're so trying to get a prayer through, that when things are kind of still in our lives, we get bored. And we're looking for the next battle. And God is saying, no, 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 no. I'm your shepherd. You're my sheep. I've led you to still waters. And I want to encourage someone here tonight that if that's you and you're like, man, I haven't been, enough. I haven't been really fighting anything. Everything's going good in my life. I really don't know how to receive that. It could be a season of stillness for you. And enjoy the season. Praise the Lord. Because we all know it could shift. Praise God. But enjoy that season. Stop looking for the fight. Stop looking for the kick down. You know, come on. He, he's led you. Besides still waters, he restores my soul. My emotions are restored. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Here it is. Yea, that I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You all know that that, that valley, of, that, being in a valley is bad enough, but having the shadow of death valley is a different experience. Anybody know what I'm talking about tonight? We, we've all had valleys, right? Valleys. I'm in a valley. But the valley of death with the shadow of death is a little different. I'm going to say that again. We've been in valleys. Well, okay, I'm going through something. But the valley of the shadow of death means, okay, I think this trial just might kill me. Am I by myself in that thought? That I think that, it, how about this? God, if one more thing happens, <laughs> I'm about to lose my mind. And I'm in the shadow of death. Now, you all know a shadow cannot harm you, but it feels as though it can. It says, though, though I walk through it, I will not fear evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And here it is, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. When we, are being when we are sheep that are being led by the shepherd, we can trust that everywhere we go, God's got it covered and that we don't have to go after our enemies. Can I get an amen? That he's preparing a table before them. Our head is anointed with oil, meaning we are separated, and our cup runs over. Again, that voice, you, are, you will not have just enough. We serve a God of more than enough. I'm going to say it again. We will not be people with just enough. We serve a God of more than enough. Our cup runs over. Stop telling yourself you'll always be broke and you'll never have enough. Stop saying that, God, you know, I guess this is just my lot in life. No, God is going to give you exceedingly abundantly above, right? And your cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy follows us all the days of our lives. And I love the promise right here because we are sheep. We follow the shepherd. We understand where he's going. We know that right behind us there's goodness and there's mercy. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Do you realize us coming together is a blessing of God? Us coming together are saying, God, I'm, gonna, I'm going to 
Bless your name forever. I like being in the house of the Lord. I like dwelling here. It feels comfortable here. I get my fuel here. I get my faith here. And then when I go back out there, I'm able to take that with me because I belong to you, God, and you belong to me. So if there's anybody here tonight that is struggling with um, understanding the relationship, understanding that, God, I, tr I know who you are, but I don't follow you fully. You know, the word talks about us following God fully. I follow you halfway, but not fully. If that's you tonight, I really challenge you to really search your heart right now and say, God, are, are, are you really my shepherd? Are you really my shepherd? God, am, am I just, are, are you just helping? Do I trust you to take care of my bills or do I trust you with my life? Do I trust you to get me out of a jam? Or am I following you fully because I know the relationship. I understand that I, within myself, I struggle. I struggle to see. I struggle to hear. I get easily ensnared. I get, it's okay to admit those things because you're saying, God, I need you to lead me in the right way. I want to get behind you again. I want to line my life up behind you, Jesus. You are my shepherd, and I shall not want. I'm going to pray for you all right here. If you guys just lift your hands up. Father. I just thank you, Jesus, that you are a God that loves us so much, that you allow us to read your word over and over and over again. You remind us, Father, not only of your love, but you remind us of your promises and your truth. And God, I thank you that all of us here will leave knowing that we are to be sheep, Father that you come after us, you look for us, you herd us together, you're watching over us, that you are a strong God, a kind God, a loving God. And Father, we thank you for your provision right now. We thank you for your protection right now. We thank you for your comfort right now. We thank you that this word in Psalm 23 will come to pass in our life because you are our shepherd and I shall not want. We give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Let's all agree and say amen. I hope you're blessed tonight. Amen. Let's bless God for that word one more time. Amen. Hallelujah.